day today will be cloudy and cold, mostly cloudy, patchy fog possible, and a low of 32 tonight. Tomorrow, mostly sunny, a high of 52. Thursday, rain likely, especially during the morning, a high of 59. That's exciting. Friday, partly sunny, a high of 41. And on Saturday, partly cloudy, a high of 42. Right now it is 43 in Bloomington. I I don't even want to play bump music because this topic is not fun to talk about. I imagine it's not fun to cover, but it's an important story. It's an important conversation because it's such a huge news story. Um, So I have a guest in studio with me. Stephanie Rodriguez is here at Steph Rod News. Yes. Right is your Twitter account. Thank you. Uh, You've been covering the Cynthia Baker story since when? When did you first start following this whole thing? Well, I didn't initially cover some of the the first stories, but I became the Bloomington Beat reporter, and then we started working here out of JBC with Heart of Illinois ABC, mm-hmm. and you know it just made sense for me to cover the trial. So I got all of the background information. Wow. Last week I did a preview. Jury selection started on Tuesday, and I've been there every single day in the courtroom since. And so yesterday we kind of thought there might be a decision because there were closing arguments. Yes. And then what was odd is the amount of, well, maybe not odd is the right word, but surprising the amount of time the jury took to make a decision. So you were there yesterday and today waiting for that decision? Yeah, so the the defense rested yesterday before they took kind of um, a, a lunch break, I guess, and then they had closing arguments, mm-hmm. and the jury went back to deliberate around 3.45, and we were expecting, we as in the media, me, myself, and a couple other reporters that were there, expecting them to maybe go into the night yesterday around 8, you know, and then find have their verdict because the her defense attorney, Todd Ringel, went up there and he told the jury, he said, you know, she is guilty of domestic battery, which were three of the counts that she was facing. But he was saying that she wasn't guilty of murder. So they went back there with that notion that her defense attorney was even calling, saying that she was guilty mm-hmm. of some of the crimes that she was charged of. And then they, we talked to them, to the jury. I mean, the judge talked to the jury around 6 o'clock, and they decided to, to reconvene this morning, morning. And then we had the verdict a little bit after, maybe like 20, 30 minutes after they came back from lunch. Yeah, they were asking for more information, though, yesterday, right? Yes. So yesterday, once they started deliberating, they decided to ask for a transcript of the testimony that Cynthia Baker's seven-year-old daughter gave. And the interesting interesting thing is that the daughter is the only one that took the stand and said that she'd actually seen Cynthia Baker kick her eight-year-old stepdaughter, Rika Roundtree, in the stomach, which is what doctors testified you know, it was a blunt force trauma that caused mm-hmm. the intestines to rupture and ultimately caused the little girl's death. Uh, so as you're covering this story, as you're in the courtroom uh, during the last couple of weeks, the amount of evidence that was uh, being shared as far as, I guess, demonstrating the abuse itself, not necessarily the, I guess, the, the fatal um, kick to the stomach, but everything else. What's your reaction to, to and maybe share some of the most, you know, the things that maybe were the most interesting to hear in the courtroom? I think when it comes to the videos that were shown on Friday to the jury, um, which one of them was an over 20-minute long video of the 8-year-old girl um, being made to hold cans above her head while nude, while Baker came into the room and yelled and hit her, Mm -hmm. um, was very uncomfortable. And I know the jury, a few jurors started crying in that moment. So there was that video, there was other videos, there was text messages between Baker and the child's father in which Baker talks about strangling the child and yeah. and things like that and telling the child to lie about why she was hurt, you know, to school and stuff like that. So I think when it comes to those components, I think that's why her defense attorney went up in front of the jury yesterday and said that she was guilty of domestic battery because the videos were there. V- Baker took the videos. Richard, Richard Roundtree, the child's father, can be seen in some of the videos. Mm-hmm. Her other children are in the videos, so there wasn't a lot of doubt when it came to the abuse that the child suffered at the hands of Cynthia Baker. 
is there an intention to appeal to move any further uh, court-wise, or do you think that this is the end of the the run for this court case? So I was hoping, along with other media outlets that were there, to talk to Todd Ringel in that moment because mm-hmm. he was her defense attorney, and uh, I didn't get a chance to. I'm told that he kind of <laughs> scurried out of the courtroom. Surprise! Yeah, so I didn't get a chance to speak with him. Got it. But I personally don't think that there will be much of an appeal process okay. unless, you know, she doesn't want to spend natural life in prison, which is what she's facing now because of the first-degree murder charge, plus being found that she did it in a heinous, brutal way with wanter intent, which the jury did find, which was a condition of the first-degree murder charge if Mm -hmm. she was found guilty. So, But with along with the other charges that she's been convicted of, even if she wasn't charged with first-degree murder, she would have been spending most of the rest of her life in prison anyway. Got it. Uh, One other question about the uh, seven-year-old, the daughter who is a witness. Um, There was a lot of back and forth I heard as to whether or not it's like seven is too young to kind of have those conversations, right? So did you actually uh, see her give her testimony? I did, yeah, I was What there. did you think of her when she took the stand and spoke about something this difficult? She's seven years old. Uh, right. What did you think? What was your impression? It was interesting because she she's seven and she walks into the courtroom. Obviously, she has no idea what she's doing or right. what, how what she says will impact anyone in her life because she's seven. Uh-huh. And she was on the stand. She was smiling. She was looking at Cynthia Baker. Cynthia Baker really didn't have much emotion. And she was like, you know, that's her mom. And she probably hasn't seen her in a while. But the little girl, I thought that she she did great. You know, she she said what she knew. She knew that her sister wasn't allowed on their couches at home. Mm-hmm. So she told the jury that she'd seen Cynthia Baker hit her mom. I mean, I'm sorry, Cynthia Baker hit her stepdaughter. Yeah. So that's what she told the jury. She And then when they asked her, the prosecutors asked her, well, what did Rika Roundtree do to deserve to be punished as often as she was? And she goes, well, she didn't really do anything. Huh. Yeah, I can't imagine. I I can't fathom this whole thing. I appreciate you covering it for us. I think I've nominated you for the Puppy Bowl when it comes (laughs) up because you need to go do something else. And I do want to comment real quick. Uh, You have the fastest typing fingers I've ever heard. I can't see them. It's a peel behind the curtain. Like we sit on opposite sides of a a little cubicle so I can never see it. But when you come in and start typing, that is lightning fast. So you get a huge trophy for that. And I, I think you need some sort of detox and some... Other story, it's it's a horrendous story, but I I don't know if it's right to say, you know, that this seems like the correct outcome in this case, because I don't want to be too opinionate, opinionated. Right. At the same time, the things that she's admitting to doing, the things that the prosecutors were able to demonstrate that she definitely did and the defense did not fight against, mm-hmm. I guess the best way to say it is I'm not so sad to hear that she might be spending a lot of her life in prison. Right. That doesn't right. seem like a bad outcome, no matter what. Uh, else has gone on but wow uh yeah the last thing i should mention is that you know the the trial is over but tomorrow the mclean county state's attorney attorney's office and the normal police department will be having a joint press conference Mm -hmm. at 10 a.m they didn't give any reaction today which i thought was unfortunate because you know i thought that it would make more sense to do it as soon as the trial was over they got the verdict that they wanted but i think they were waiting to see what the verdict was to maybe decide because they weren't sure. So tomorrow I'll have the updates on that. And great. We'll have that on WJBC yeah, for you guys. Yeah, great. Wonderful. Um, for anyone interested in the latest on this this terrible, horrible story, uh, we've got it. So there it is. Uh, thank you so much, Stephanie. I look forward to talking to you more. And hopefully it's Puppy Bowl. But i got to take Free in your app store. You're listening to The Greg Collins Show on WJBC. This is The Greg Collins Show on WJBC. By the way, the weather this past half hour was sponsored by Heller Motors. If you're shopping for a newer used vehicle, check out Heller Motors in Pontiac, where they have the selection, the services, and the low prices you want. Shop them online at hellerstores.com. 
uh, completely shifting gears and trying to be as lighthearted as possible today uh, after talking about something that's just very, very sad and difficult to wrap your mind around um, that trial and the the outcome seeming to be, you know, uh, in my opinion, I whether or not Cynthia is, is guilty of every single crime she was accused of, the things that she was willing to admit that she did make me not so sad that she's found guilty. Um, that's my own personal opinion, though. So moving on, this story, I thought it was really funny that this was so popular because every so often I wonder if I'm the only juvenile humor human out there, if I'm the only person that laughs at, like, farts and things. And then this goes viral yesterday, a conversation between Chris Matthews, MSNBC host, and Representative Eric Swalwell. And during a response from Eric, something happens. Some sort of noise is created and a lot of people debated what that noise was. I'll play it for you here. Taxpayer dollars to ask the Ukrainians to help them cheat an election. And the complaint that I've heard from Republicans. That's it. Dollars Here it again. To ask the Ukrainians to help them cheat an election. And Twitter blew up. There was there was a bunch of, of debate as to whether or not that is a fart noise, which it sounds like a very, very loud noise. If that's what it is. Uh, I think that Chris Matthews and his team has actually mentioned that it's a cup being dragged across a, a desk and not anything else there were a lot of people reporters who knew representative eric and and could actually reach out to him there's even a text exchange with one of those reporters and him that's been put on social media too where he denied having farted or anything making any of those noises and that he didn't even hear it during the interview but one more time your guess is as good as mine let's all try to judge what do we think this sound is and, uh, yeah, I love the fact that Twitter loves this so much. Taxpayer dollars to ask the Ukrainians to help them cheat an election. I mean, the pause there. And they actually debated whether or not he smiled because he, he pauses in his in his answer. And then it seems like maybe he curls a bit of a smile. And then we get the mystery noise and a, a long, long debate that's hopefully still going on on social media. I got to take another break. This is the Craig Collins Show on WJBC. We got a lot more coming up. You tell me what that sound was. Uh, go ahead and call in, text us, uh, find me on Facebook. I'm at Craig Collins Show on Facebook, or you can call eight two nine two three four five and help solve the mystery of the mystery noise. A lot JBC. Now back to the Craig Collins Show. On WJBC. This is the Craig Collins Show on WJBC coming up on a news break in just a couple minutes here. Uh, but I want to let you know that this half hour of the show is sponsored by Staples. Staples is celebrating Black Friday early with huge savings on laptops, printers, and more like the Lenovo Flex 6 2-in-1 laptop with Intel Core i5. Uh, is that really i5 processor? For just four ninety nine ninety nine. Staples, there's a lot, uh, there's a whole lot in stores this holiday. Offer ends 12 7 19 while supplies last at Staples. It's weird that a lot of people are doing that, the Black Friday early deal. Black Friday is not really in and of itself a shopping day anymore. I think that Cyber Monday still is. Amazon is holding on to a lot of their deals until that day, but it seems like uh, most of the companies you'd probably shop at for Black Friday already have the sales out there, so I don't know who's out there buying, but. They're available, including at Staples. Today is National Play Monopoly Day. I don't know if that means we all have to play this game. I debated trying to start a game here at the station and allowing everyone to play casually until it ended, which means that the game would go on until next year's National Play Monopoly Day. But you know, if you grew up playing this, that there's always a chance that someone might steal from the bank, someone might uh, do something else that makes you mad, or maybe they won't trade you the property you need. So this is essentially just a fight. 
I don't think Monopoly ever ends completely free of any fight. And I had, at times in my life, a family member who loved Monopoly. My sister loved it and had the, uh, the different versions of the game, so it wasn't necessarily like regular Monopoly. We had to play Notre Dame Monopoly or some version, I think, that she would find and, and love and, and make us play. And it, it just it was never a super positive thing. But maybe for National Play Monopoly Day, you can all just kind of mellow out and agree that we're doing one no-fight day for playing Monopoly. By the way, I'm curious if people, if I'm talking about Monopoly, do you put 500 in the middle and do like the, if you land on the free parking, you get the 500 bucks? I had a huge debate with my family, this had to be last Christmas, talking about that game and that specific rule that I guess is just a house rule a lot of people play, that it makes the game take way longer because everyone has a whole bunch of extra money and if you don't have that extra money, apparently you do a lot more things like trade and make Monopoly easier. But I want to know, do people put that in the middle? Because I still like it better that way. I don't like landing on free parking and not getting any money. Anyway, it's news time with Neil. Got a lot. Brian Walder tonight, cloudy and cold. Um, cloudy and cold today, and then tonight, mostly cloudy. Patchy fog possible, a low of 32. Tomorrow, mostly sunny, a high of 52. Thursday, rain likely, especially during the morning, a high of 59, though. Friday, partly sunny, a high of 41. And on Saturday, partly cloudy, a high of 42. I have Nick Leroy hanging out with me in studio. He is from NTL Productions. Uh, Nick, go ahead and introduce this next artist, this song we're going to play. Uh, tell us who this is. So, yeah, what you're going to hear is Cody Canada and The Departed. Uh, nice. Cody Canada has, has been kind of a uh, a uh, really hot red dirt Americana act for a long time. And uh, he's at the Castle Theater tonight. So there I would go. suggest coming by and checking it out on a rainy Tuesday. Let's see if you like it. Let's see. This sounds pretty good to me. Here we go. Laughing in the dress that he bought for her. He's just along for the ride. She'll be telling lies for the lipstick dries. Dying on the inside. Beauty can be as deep as sin. You know, it's crazy, Nick. Um, you're going to bring in a bunch of different people when we keep talking. I, I love the fact that we're talking to you and talking to Castle and talking to all the places that you put play put shows on. They're all so different. There's so much yeah. eclectic taste in the different shows you guys have at Castle. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, you know, it's it. You know, over the years, you you know, you kind of let loose on your on your focus on music and kind of become more open minded. Yeah, you know? there you go. Um, so, you know, a lot of country stuff sounds like blues, but rocks it up a little bit. You know, <laughs> it's too hard to really pin bands in a certain genre these days. Yeah, you're right. Actually, that's the other thing that talking to artists, they usually like to play a couple different things. Even the very well-known artists out there do that one album that's a totally di different genre. Mm -hmm. And it seems to refresh both them maybe and also the amount of fan base for it. So maybe that's where it's coming from, the, the dabbling in music that's not what you come up playing. Yeah, I mean, we you know we stay in that kind of ballpark wheelhouse of uh, Americana, folk, rock, indie, mm -hmm. bluegrass, blues, um, you know, singer songwriter. Yeah, uh, we do a little hip hop here and there, a little heavy metal, but uh, we kind of focus on the genre of good, <laughs> really good music. You know, that's which people need to honestly it's so far. You know, can, can I? You know, I'm going to dovetail for just a second into something, and I, I'm sure you're going to judge me. You're sure. just getting to know me. Maybe. You even asked one. Well, no, I'm sure you are. You're just getting to know me, and you asked me the other day, like, what are some of my musical tastes? And I have 
this one musical artist that I happen to like that I get constantly made fun of for liking. And it's it's okay. I get it going right. in. But I think that she has talent. She's a pop star artist. And I think that her writing ability is spot on, even if it takes a relationship to make her write an album. Britney Spears? No, Taylor Swift. Oh, I don't think she's sure. so bad. Well, no. I mean, she's See? like the biggest star in the world. In the right? world. And so, I, I think that if you listen to her music, even if you're a person that usually is a little bit more of a music, you know, snob or whatever you want to say is a nicer term than that. If if you listen, every so often there's there's things about it that I think rope you in like anyone else, the singer-songwriter thing you mentioned. Yeah. So, well, you know, you know Ryan Adams um covered her entire album. Yeah, I do um, actually. And did it in his own way. And, and it was cool. It was great. See, and, there you go. Yeah. And it kind of stripped it down to actually so you could hear the lyrics and how good they were. Sometimes I feel like um, you miss them in certain genres. They kind of flat, get too flashy and uh, they distract you from the from the real root of the song. The reason I bring this up, other than trying to convince you to book Taylor Swift at the Castle Theater, <laughs> which would just be incredible, that would be a show that she needs to play. Um, Taylor Swift, three hundred and twenty-two days in a row. <laughs> uh, but no, seriously, it's the idea that if it's good music, it's good music. If you if you like something, if you hear something on the radio, if you hear something on one of the, the conversations you and I have together, go out and see this artist perform live and don't necessarily worry about whether or not this is a genre of music you listen to a lot because good is good. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, we keep our tickets really reasonably priced at the Castle Theater. You know, I think our average ticket's $17. Wow. Um, so that gives you the opportunity to kind of explore a little bit, you know, and it, with it being so close for the folks that live here in town and even just a few miles outside of it, I mean... You know, be open-minded and give it a shot. Of course, we've got all the uh, the bells and whistles of YouTube and social media where mm-hmm. you, you can take some time and do a little research and educate yourself. Um, or we'll also be doing that right here. So listen to the Craig Collins Show every week and hear the bands coming up as we feature them right here on yeah. WJBC. i got to take a quick break. A lot more to talk about with you, Nick, um, and a lot of the other bands. Way Down Wanderers are coming into town as well as that. When is that show? That's this Friday night. Okay, that's yeah, this, Friday this Friday night. Friday. So we have music from them to play. We've got a lot more. com. This is the Craig Collins Show on WJBC. I'm hanging out with Nick Leroy. Nick, you are the owner of NTL Productions. You put on shows. Uh, you find talent for all kinds of venues throughout, throughout Bloomington, whether it's Castle, uh, Jazz Upfront. You book a bunch of other venues throughout Illinois, too. Uh, and right now, we're going to talk to a guy that's performing at Castle tonight. Uh, Nick, introduce our, our next guest. Yeah, well, uh, Cody, again, uh, has been a staple in the Americana black dirt scene for many years. You might have known him from Cody Canada and cross-Canadian ragweed. Uh, but his new band's The Departed. They've been out touring the world for years, and we're happy to have him. Hey, Cody, thanks, and welcome to the show. Hey, thank you. I appreciate it. So you just got done sound checking over at Castle? Yeah, we just finished up, and now we are. Uh, I'm about to clean some gear. Get a set list going. <laughs> There's nothing else you do in between the sound check and the performance. Is there any any kind of rituals, anything like that? Well, I mean, if drinking beer is a ritual, <laughs> we have a few. We like to have a few cocktails still. So there you go. Yeah, you got to stay like, loose, right? Yeah, yeah. We uh, that's the one thing that we have uh, have kept control over through the years. Is uh, you know, we haven't let any kind of addiction take control over us so we we've maintained a, a pretty healthy lifestyle our entire gigs we don't have to 
we don't like go out and do yoga or anything like that. We're trying to get off something. <laughs> it's funny you say that, man, because I had a yoga instructor here yesterday that was trying to teach me some meditation stuff live on air. I'm sure if you guys want to do yeah. some yoga, I can get her out there and we can all do yoga before a show. If you think that'll keep you a little looser. Well, I'm always open to meeting a female yoga instructor. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Nick, do you have anything to say to Cody? No, sorry I had to leave you, bud. I had to roll out of the venue and get here on time. I was hoping to bring you with. Um, thanks again for being here, man. I really appreciate you coming back to Bloomington after uh, after a number of years. When do you think the last time you were here, Cody? You were here with Shooter Jennings. We were just talking earlier. Shooter Jennings, Uncle Lucius. Yeah, um, I think that was probably about six or seven years ago, maybe more. Yeah, yeah, great show. I want to say that. These guys are fantastic live. If I can urge any folks out there listening, um, you know, nothing better to do on a Tuesday night. Come on over to the Castle Theater. I mean, this is where you should want it. This is where you want to be. Well, and honestly, it sounds like the kind of guy that after the show, you might be able to grab a beer with him. It sounds like he might be hanging out somewhere. <laughs> I think you'd be willing to have a beer with a couple of the fans, right? We still do that to this day, yes. See? And, there and you just, go. I know that the, there was a rumor around for a while that I wasn't doing a lot of the old Ragweed songs with that. And that probably was true for at least a year, but now... I'm doing all the old stuff and all the, the department stuff and, you know, the stuff that we're putting together for a new record. Cool. Which we got it scattered about quite a bit, you know. We covered the last 25 years of what I've been writing. I was going to say you have a Bruce Springsteen-ish catalog with all those years <laughs> under your belt, I'm sure. A song after song after yeah, song. It's, yeah, it's, it's actually kind of nice to look back on it. You know, I never was one of those kind of writers that, I wrote all the time. I always wrote out of necessity to let a record coming out or something. But early on in our career, we got to working really hard. We didn't have kids. So, you know, we, we were doing 280 shows a year, so wow. I had to keep up with the gigging. So I wrote as many songs as I could early on. I'm glad I did it. Now I can kind of take a little rest. Uh, we referenced Bruce Springsteen a, sec- a second ago. I'm from Jersey. The boss is like, I grew up on the boss. So I'm curious, where do you call home first, Cody? Well, uh, I am from Oklahoma. Okay. That's where I, I grew up and where all this started. But I was born in Texas, and I live in Texas to this day. I, I live in New Braunfels, which is uh, San Antonio, basically. What's that little club down there? I was going to go see Uncle Lucius's last show, um, The Rose. Um, the yeah. Rose. What's the name of that, Cody? Well, there's Green Hall. There's Green Hall, Hall. thank you. Was... That's what I was thinking of, Green Hall. Yeah, that was completely <laughs> off. Nick met, somebody, way off. Nick met somebody named Rose when he was there. That's, that's why he <laughs> yeah. thought of it that way. Uh, but no, out of curiosity, because I asked you where you're from, I assume you play some longer shows like Bruce does when you go back home, but maybe if we adopt you for Bloomington, this can be your hometown tonight. Can we get a Bruce Springsteen-esque hey, show? Just a whole bunch well, of music? Every night, every night we do at least two hours. I know usually we have a contract in 90 wow. minutes, but... We do at least three hours. So. There you go. That's exactly what I like to hear. Well, thank you so much for joining us on WJBC, man. I'll let you go because I know you got a bunch of prep to to do since you just finished your your air check, your sound check. You gotta, you know, you gotta get the rest of that ritual done with. Uh, but we look forward to seeing you tonight, man. <laughs> thank you guys very much. Sure. And then, Thanks, buddy. See you soon. I know, Nick. We have one other artist we wanted to play a little bit of music from and talk yeah. about a little bit because yeah. the Way Down Wanderers Way Down will Wanders. be here on uh, what did you say on Friday? This Friday, yeah, they're going to re- be recording a live album. So come and be a part of history. Uh, live at the Castle Theater, Way Down Wanderers, Old Shoe. We got a gentleman, Pete Jive, who's opening the night. So wow. it's a stacked bill from top to bottom. Is this the first time you guys have had someone record a, a live album that they would then? 
sell out in the world or no? You know, that I can think of. It, it could have happened. It could have been excerpts from a sure. show where they you know do a compilation album. There's a lot of folks that do record their whole shows, and then you can buy them at the merch table afterwards. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but I think so. Yeah, I think. Is there any more stress that goes into like the prep of it? Because you know these not for guys. Me. Okay, yeah, you're done. <laughs> yeah, I'm right. done. I'm done. There you go. Uh, I'm sure there is for sure. You know, I mean, it's it's you know, be like practicing basketball in an empty gym compared to playing the game in front of a thousand people. Exactly. You know, it's going to be a big. And difference. making sure to throw that one fan out if he's getting a little too obnoxious yeah. and ruining the whole sound. Uh, but let's hear a little bit from the Way Down Wanderers. This is really good. I like the Way Down Wanderers a lot. This is very, very good. And you, of course, deliver with yet another guest. We have Austin hanging out. He is the lead singer that you just heard on that track. Austin, hey, how are you doing, man? I'm good, Craig. How are you guys doing today? We're What's great. Up, buddy? So you're playing the Castle Theater on Friday. Have you been there before? Have you been to Bloomington before? Are you guys local? What What's going on? What's the story? Yeah, man. Um definitely been there before. It's a legendary spot. Um, being a Midwesterner uh, myself, it's it's always great to return to the castle, man. Um, we we played the castle for the first time in I think 2014. Uh, the band started just down the road in Peoria, so not too far from from Bloomington. So it's a it's a well known spot. There you go. Nick's nodding his head. Yes. Did you yes, find them? Yes. And how did you find no, the way down? Waters, I didn't then? find them. Their um, their family member Staley, their their manager, um, reached out to me. Sent me an email, one random email. I just happened to need another bluegrass band for this bill I was putting together at Six Drinks Club. And she told me they'd only played one gig before at the library in Peoria, and it'd be their second gig. And we had them. Wait, on- wait, wait, hold on. <laughs> the first show is at the library in Peoria, and you were putting them on for the second gig. Yeah, well, okay. you know, I just needed another band. They said yeah. they, they said they had family local, and I want you know I like working with local artists and giving them a shot. So they came in, and I'll tell you, it was a little rough. Uh, but you could just tell, you <laughs> could just tell talent. they, they just, yeah, they yeah. had raw talent at such a young age, and so I mean we've been working together ever since, right, man? I mean. Uh, yeah, we've man. done it. We've done a number of shows played, here. Yeah, 2014. Yeah, they played Six Drinks Club. They played my living room. They have played. Uh, <laughs> you know, this will be like their probably fourth, fifth, well, now, or sixth show at the Castle Theater. Hold on, so. now, now I have to know yeah. which was a better venue, the library in Peoria or Nick's living room? Which venue to you guys worked <laughs> out better? Oh man, I have to say the living room, dude. It was. Yeah, uh, that was, it was the a spot. good vibe. I think we were with Ernie Hendrickson and. Uh, that's it's a right. nice, intimate house show. That's Can't beat right. those, man. Yeah. No, yeah. I told you I had this loft downtown. So yeah. I could seat 80 people in my living room. 12-foot ceilings, brick walls. It That's was beautiful. Insane. Yeah. So I did like seven or eight shows, you know, most of the local favorites. Um, but yeah, these guys came in. Actually, their Paths to Follow music video was filmed a lot there at the, at the loft. And then mm-hmm. excerpts from their sound check and load in and, and show at the Six Strings Club um, that was with Ernie Hendrickson, who is playing tonight at the Castle Theater with uh, Cody Canada. Nice. 
Uh, real quick, i got to ask you, because I just asked Cody the same question. Do you have any after the sound check? Because these are actually called the NTL sound check sessions, these conversations that Nick and I are going to have with a bunch of artists that come through Bloomington, local people, nationally touring people, Grammy Award winners, everybody. Do you have any sort of rituals you do after a sound check before a show? Um, man, typically, you know, it just depends on the time frame. Um, but usually coffee or food, man, is usually the go-to <laughs> after, uh, after sound check. That's the ritual. Um, there you go. And then, you know, just warming up with the guys, doing some vocal, some vocal warm-ups before we hit the stage. I was curious if there's anything like a hockey player where you're like wrapping the stick in a certain way or getting the uh, microphone all tuned correctly. <laughs> Maybe you have some sort of like, I'm only going to play well if this happens. It probably depends on the right. venue, no. too. Right? Because, I yeah, mean, there's, diff- there's crazy, different areas to but, hang out and all that. Yeah, and honestly, the yeah, castle venue. Stretching. Exactly. The castle venue, you're always going to play well there, right? Because the acoustics are so great. Dude, yeah, always a good hometown vibe. Lots of familiar faces in there, so it's it's hard to have a bad show at the castle. Awesome, man. Well, we look forward to seeing you Friday. We're we're grateful that you jumped on WJBC right now. Uh, thanks for for spending some time with us, and we hope to talk to you again soon. Of course, man. Thanks for having me. Thanks, and buddy. See you all on Friday. See, see you see soon. Yes, he's good. That's that's I like their band a lot too. Oh, that's man. very good. And they're yeah, they're like a family band, like for real. Like uh, Austin is married to his, the other lead singer, Collins sister and really yeah and they're having a baby soon so i've seen these kids grow up like right in front of me because they were in their late late teens early 20s when we started working together and now they're all in their mid to late 20s well and if they've played here se- uh, seven times at least i've had them said. in bloomington probably 10 times and we've done shows together in other markets i've done probably 20 shows with those guys over the years then i'm sure there's a big local following that goes out like a lot of people that come to their shows kind of regularly so it's one of those bands that um, just had raw talent from the beginning. You knew they were going to be good. Mm-hmm. And uh, we, we invested time and effort to work with them and build them an audience in this market. They've gone from 10 people to, you know, we had almost a sold-out show last wow. March for them at the Castle Theater, and we expect nothing but the same. This Check them out on Friday. This is a band that got discovered after playing at a library, and then somebody <laughs> shot a text to Nick and was like, hey, our band's pretty good. We just played the Peoria Library. See what you can do, what venue you can find for us next. Uh, and they're very talented, so we look forward to seeing them on Friday. Look forward to tonight's show. Nick, anything else at Castle you want to promote real quick before yeah, we take a break? Yeah, you know, it's just a stacked week. we got tonight with Cody Canada. Doors are at 6.30 tonight, so a little earlier. Uh, tomorrow night, Houndmouth is back in town. They're fantastic. Carly Pierce is there Thursday, up for the Artist of the Year at the American Music Awards just yeah. recently. And then Friday, again, The Way Down Wanders, Old Shoe, and uh, P. Jive. It's just a stacked week at the Castle. Perfect. Sounds like the kind of thing you can't miss. i got to take a break in the Craig Collins. Cloudy and cold, mostly uh, cloudy patches of fog possible, a low of 32. Tomorrow, mostly sunny, a high of 54, 52. Thursday, rain likely, especially during the morning hours, a high of 59, which is getting really close to that 70-degree day I was promising everyone around Halloween. So I'm, I'm almost prophetic, I think. Friday, partly sunny, a high of 41. Saturday, partly cloudy, a high of 42. Right now, it's 39 in Bloomington. You're listening to The Greg Collins Show on WJBC. This is the Craig Collins Show on WJBC. I asked our resident boomer expert, Mark Strauss, to hang in for a second because I have a boomer now story. I have credentials. Yeah, I know. Look at that. We made you a whole tag and everything. Uh, before you left, you actually had your coat on. You ducked in. I don't know what um, made you come in and say, hey, is everything good? Are you doing good today? But I was like, hey, Mark, I could use you. So I immediately made you sit down um, while you're completely ready to go and do a radio segment. I have a story in front of me about Snapchat. 
I'm sure you know, Mark, that a, a year or so ago, maybe a year or a half ago, Snapchat changed a lot of its presentation for users, and it made a lot of people upset. I'm sure you're familiar with that. I'm not. I've never been on Snapchat. <laughs> not once. Not one time. I think my wife has some sort of Snapchat account. Got it. Do I don't. You... I don't understand the concept because what I understand, what I from what I know of it, you put stuff up. It's there briefly and then mm-hmm. it's gone that's correct what? everything disappears uh, do you know that bill belichick it's, it's like a technological flasher yeah it is uh, do you know that bill belichick calls it snap face he has no concept of what no, it is. no i think he does i think he does that on purpose you think that's a joke yes okay. absolutely uh, well good news for boomers and snapchat uh, snapchat is finally getting over all the negative reactions to its its change about a year and a half ago or so and people are they're starting to grow their user base a 12 percent growth in millennials people my age a a twelve point four percent growth in Gen Xers and Boomers thirteen and a half percent expected growth. So Boomers have the highest growth rate of any group of people expected to use Snapchat and Snapchat in two thousand twenty. It's probably just to keep tabs on their kids. That's why a lot of parents got face, Facebook pages in the first place was just to keep tabs on their kids when you, Facebook first came out. I remember a lot of adults didn't really care. But then they found out their kids were on it, so they got curious, you know, because we had this whole stream of kids who were putting up inappropriate photos of themselves for their girlfriends yes. and boyfriends there or were friends lot, at school. Social media makes a lot of makes people make a lot of bad decisions. By the way, you have no idea when Facebook came out because I was in college when it came out, and it was only for college students. You had to have a .edu to mm-hmm. get on. And that was two years before they started letting the regular people in and then eventually started letting other people in. So I was on Facebook in like 2002 or something like that. Or no, 2006, I guess that would have been. So I've, I was on it when it launched. Well, you know, you say that, that it was only for college kids, but there are plenty of adults who work at colleges who have a .edu, and I bet a lot of adults... <laughs> Professors and uh, you know you think they were faculty it? staff members. Yeah, absolutely. I, I didn't. I wasn't friending any of them back it, it, in 2006. Well, you by know. the way, I am happy. I I don't know if if you know this. Um, I doubt. I don't think I've ever told you this. I had a Facebook account when I was in college that I deleted. I, I burned it. It's gone. It's it's over. Because now that I think employers go to places like this, you have to make sure your social media presences are employment friendly. And College Craig was a bit of a partier, so I don't think I would have wanted all that out there. So yeah. I'm glad one account. I've heard is the totally same dead. stories from Miller too. Really? That uh, in college, he's much different than he was in college. Yeah. Well, and that's crazy because two of the modified other, his behavior. Two of the other people we work with are fresh out of college, Blake and Neil, and I think that Miller still hangs out with them on occasion. And I, I wonder if he dovetails into old college Miller. Well, first of all, Blake is far too busy to be on social media. <laughs> And He's Neil, I think Neil only gets on social media if there's golf mentioned. I see. I don't know if you're or right Purdue. about that. I don't know if you're right about that because both Blake and Neil fall asleep with their phones until they literally hit themselves in the face with them, and that's mm-hmm. when they know to put them away. And go, is that correct, Neil? That it hits you in the face maybe once or twice a night? Uh, it's happened before. I don't know if it's happened once. I don't think it happens once or twice every night, but it, it definitely has happened. You, where did you fall asleep with the phone next to your head? Well, I was. I was. You're laying, reading I was and dozing. Down. Yeah, I was scrolling through Twitter and then see social media. Uh, and then I kind of it, it happened a couple times. It doesn't yeah. happen on a regular basis. I'm one of these people that thinks the the the, the waves, mm-hmm. the 4G that close to your head too often. 
You're gonna bad be, for you? You're going to be sorry later on. Well, I told you that Neil was on the social media. You think too highly of us, Mark. We are, we're millennials. We're, I, are you a millennial, Neil, or are you actually Gen Z? I have no idea. I'm, I think I'm right on the cusp. Okay. I, it's, I would have to look to verify. He's not defined. Neil is not sure. Yeah. I, uh, I know, Craig, you keep score on all the different generations. I do. I have it in my back pocket. Uh, why is it important that everybody be labeled from a certain generation? Important um, is a strong word, but it's it's valuable. Well, what, what, in what way? Uh, I think sometimes you find that there are gaps generally, genera- generationally, if I could say that word. Well, there always have been. Right. And so it's sort of convenient to be capable of identifying what generation someone comes from when you meet them. So you might know how to handle yourself and what topics to avoid to not step into any kind of predicament. That would be the the value in it. We just used to ask people, what high school did you go to? Mm -hmm. And then when did you graduate? Did you go that far? No. He's thinking. Mark's thinking. Uh, I don't think that was a big deal. No? Just uh, what high school? What high school did you go to? Parkway North. There you go. You got a lot of Parkway North fans? Do you think they follow the career? Uh, I've got friends that know what I do. Nice. Uh, do you go out to any of the games? Are you are you the Parkway North like celebrity? Uh, no. Okay. We we have I think we have bigger celebrities than me. I don't know about that, Mark. You're a big deal. You're a TV uh, guy. You're a radio guy no, now. I mean, you... we we've had some people. Uh, one, Sandy Mashmeyer. She was in movies and TV oh, cool. shows. She was a year behind me or two years behind me. Got it. Uh, we had a guy who was an All Pro in the National Football League. I got. I got to ask you a question about Sandy. She was a year or two behind you. You said. Yeah. And you think that she's more famous than you now? I don't know if she's still working or not. Got it. Is there any resentment I, there? I would. You, you were in front. You were first, and then she came up like a, you know, some sort of person, and Spike stole your thunder. Is there any kind of? If you guys get together for a reunion, is there any? You know what, Sandy? I'm still doing this radio stuff. I haven't seen a movie with you in it lately. Well, I don't. You know, I don't even know if she's still alive. Okay, that's so. sad. This this took a dark turn. I apologize for that. As a millennial, I kind of forget sometimes. She might be. Uh, yeah. Well, you know how you could find out? Join Snapchat. She's probably there because mo- uh, boomers are turning or, to Snapchat. Or I could go to the Parkway North class reunion page. Okay. Which keeps track of that sort of thing. You could, but Snapchat's more fun. But I'm never on Facebook. I'm only on Twitter. Think about all the epic fail videos you can see on snapchat mm. do you know what those are i'm going to show you some epic fail videos when we take a commercial break is that like johnny knoxville yeah it's exactly well, like i can that. just watch johnny knoxville or jackass but they're not they're not current this is not someone who was a jackass it doesn't yesterday. matter the three stooges aren't current they're still funny I, well yeah they're still funny but if you if you get to see someone who just did this yesterday isn't there fe- yeah. there's something fresh about that it's not as funny as mo slapping curly and <laughs> larry getting his hair caught in the toaster you know what i'm tempted to say to you right now right you know what, what two words I'm tempted to say oh, I in know. response to Larry? Go ahead, say them. I don't, I don't want to, Mark, I don't want to, but you just said that Mo and Larry and, and whoever the third guy is, they're funnier than Epic Fails. You don't Fails. know the names of the three stooges? Curly? Is that his name? Swingy? Which one, which one is he? I think you've disqualified yourself as an athlete. Now, back to the Craig Collins Show on WJBC. i got to take another break. I have just a couple minutes here, but I wanted to share this story. I really like this. Oh, by the way, actually, I have to share two things. Uh, my mother, who loves to text me, i got to find a way to let her actually text the show because she wants to text the show, but apparently she's a huge fan of Mark Strauss now all of a sudden. She's a big fan. Uh, my mom said that, you know, 
She agrees with everything he said. She's also a boomer expert. I bet he is totally right. Yep, that's totally right about this. She just kept agreeing with Mark live during the segment. I have like 11 texts from my mom. Everything Mark said, mom was on board with. And then apparently she had kids at high school create a Facebook page for her. She taught at my high school, which was super fun. Um, <laughs> totally was, mom. I took her class. That's fine. Uh, so she had kids make a page for her, and she had to go get ownership of it, and then eventually either take it down, or I think she's on it now, so she's probably still using that page. But huge fan of Mark Strauss, my my mom is. Um, yeah, and he's got great hair, Mom. You're right. I think that's true. Uh, it's, it's certainly not falling out like mine is. Anyway, moving on, a Texas uh, chain, a Texas Popeye's chain, had to fire a guy because he brought his, his kid in to work. Popeye's is overstaffed. They're going crazy right now because of the, the frenzy that is this chicken sandwich. And so one of the workers decided to bring in their 8-year-old. Uh, he threw an apron on. He had sneakers. He was about 4 feet tall, according to a lot of the people that went in in the, the video of this event. They also said that he was cooking with the flour. He was making chicken. It looked like he was working really hard. I think some people would say he was just learning, you know, what a good day's work is like. But uh, that's not allowed, so they had to fire the dad. Uh, which is kind of sad because I think that after you see those videos, you can tell this kid was working hard and learning what it's like to make those chicken sandwiches. A uh, quick break on the Craig Collins Show. News coming up. And this is your AM 1230 WJBC forecast. We'll see mostly cloudy skies continue for the rest of the day today. Mostly cloudy skies continue overnight tonight. Low temperatures tomorrow falling back to near freezing. You might see some patchy fog for your Wednesday morning. Partly cloudy skies for the day tomorrow. High temperatures reaching the low 50s by the afternoon. But we'll see rain showers returning to the forecast Wednesday night into Thursday. And we're warmer for Thursday as well with high temperatures close to 60. That's ahead of a cold front. And behind the front, we're much colder. Highs on Friday only near 40 degrees. We'll see partly sunny skies. Can't rule out a light rain or snow shower Friday night into Saturday. But for now, chances are low. Otherwise, a cold start to the weekend with temperatures on Saturday in the low 40s, rebound into the mid-40s by Sunday afternoon. From Heart of Illinois, ABC, I'm Chief Meteorologist Brian Walter, and that is your AM 1230 WJBC forecast. Thank you very much, Brian, for the forecast. Right now it is 39 in Bloomington. You're listening to The Greg Collins Show on WJBC. This is the Craig Collins Show on WJBC. I hang out with you guys until 6 o'clock every single day. And then you get Dave Ramsey giving you a bunch of uh, financial tips that Blake doesn't need. Blake, one of our news guys here, he saves um, better than most people I've met. Joe Biden is in the news. He was in the news a couple days ago. I mean, he's in the news a lot. But because he was calling marijuana a gateway drug, apparently Joe's position on weed is a little bit different than everyone else he's running against on his side of the aisle. So it's a it's a bold strategy, I would say, to go that road. I don't think it's one that even a lot of Americans support anymore. A Pew Research Center survey found that two-thirds of people in the U.S. believe weed should be legal. Um, so obviously a lot of people don't seem to share that concern for a gateway drug. However, uh, Joe Biden's generation, 35% of people seem to think that it should be legal, meaning that a lot less people that uh, Joe represents support it than any of the other people that are in the race. Uh, AOC was quoted, I believe this was on Twitter, uh, giving her opinion. That's Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, for those not in the know. Uh, marijuana should be legal and drug consumption should be decriminalized. These are matters of public health. Uh, that was her opinion. The reason I bring up AOC, because one, she comes up every single time anyone talks about politics, it seems like. But two, I have a story out of New York 
that's connected to weed and connected not to AOC per se, but certainly since she's a New Yorker, this would be something she's got to be familiar with. A New York-based company is looking for someone to review a wide variety of cannabis products and give their, and I quote, they need, this is a requirement, their unbiased review and opinion of each one. American Marijuana says they'd like to hire a person who will be shipped a box containing different brands and varieties of cannabis every single month. So it's similar to any of those other monthly shipments you'd get from, you know, say you're doing a a razor of the month or some kind of, you know, I don't know, what's a better example than razor of the month? There's several other things out there. Movies of the month when they were Netflix, food of the month, whatever it is that you sign up for. American Marijuana wants one person to test marijuana, and they'll send them a new box of cannabis each month. You're going to get paid $3,000 to do this, by the way. The applicant will then test the products in person, write about their experience with the products from unboxing, obviously maybe hoping for some sort of social media videos, uh, to everything they're doing with the product. These reviews will be posted in the form of a blog. A job description also noted that the applicant will be required to record their experience in film and need to be comfortable on camera. The amount of things that uh, companies are offering to do now, as long as you're willing to do a social media post, especially with video being a huge part of it, is crazy. That three grand, that winds up being $36,000 a year for whatever person is interested in doing this. Uh, There are other perks, too. The reviewer can work from home, of course. They can provide uh, that they live in the United States where medical marijuana is legal. They do have to be in areas where these shipments can be okay. But uh, there's no other requirements. You don't really have... You, it's unbiased reviews, so you can say anything you want just as long as you review their product, and they're paying $3,000 a month. I'm not an advocate for marijuana. I'm just saying, you know, as an extra side hustle, that's at least a little tempting, but I'm not going to apply. I'm pretty sure they drug test here at Cumulus, and I don't want to get fired for being part of the American Marijuana Company uh, research survey. One last story, and then i got to take a break. Uh, makeup is becoming a big thing And I'm reading an article, so this is me. If you don't think this is true, that's fine. That's your opinion. But makeup is becoming a big thing for guys. Uh, It says that more and more guys are using makeup. This is maybe a trend with younger people. In a recent survey of 2,142 men, which was conducted by Morning Consult, I don't know how valuable Morning Consult is, 33% of men aged 18 to 29 said that not only would they consider wearing makeup, but they may have done it in the past. 30% of men between the ages of 30 and 44 said that they'd be open to the idea of adding makeup to their daily routine. Uh, Classic names in the beauty business like Chanel, Clinique, and Tom Ford have all released, and this is according to this this article, dude-friendly products and new cutting-edge brands that have popped up and are out there like war paint that are apparently designed specifically for men. Uh, There are some quotes in the, uh, in the article, some of the people that took part in the survey, uh, one person said I'd be embarrassed to go to the makeup store in Bloomingdale's because I think they'd, they'd scream at me and say, you know, some kind of stereotype, but he's more than happy to buy his makeup online. Um, I don't go around advertising it, is what someone else said, but they do already wear makeup. So it's, it's a thing. Apparently, guys can become more and more, you know, uh, I guess, conscious of their appearance in a way that means... We should all start rocking a little bit more makeup. I don't know what you think of that. I, I think that's an interesting idea. I'm not saying I'm going to buy it, but it does seem to make sense that more and more people might embrace looking extra special now that we have all those social media pages 
that you pop up on all the time. You got to have the best you present at all times, right? So does that mean a little bit of war paint? I don't know. That's up to you. That's not my call. I got to take a break on the Craig Collins show. Got a lot more. See. Now back to the Craig Collins show on WJBC. This is the Craig Collins Show on WJBC. By the way, this half hour of the show is sponsored. It's sponsored by Staples. Uh, Staples is celebrating Black Friday early with huge savings on laptops, printers, and more, like the Lenovo Flex 6 2-in-1 laptop with Intel Core 5i processor uh, for just $499.99. Staples, there's a lot more in store this holiday. Offer ends 12 7 while supplies last. That's Staples. Thank you for sponsoring this half hour of the show. Uh, do we all remember Marie uh, Kondo? Marie Kondo was the declutter expert. She was the declutter guru. I think she had a show on Netflix as probably about a year ago, maybe a little less than a year ago now, that she went viral because her tips were extreme, uh, but she was really good at getting you organized if you were a person who was not all that organized. And I get it, Marie. I, I'm not judging you, but you know, you're, you've gone up and down as far as your level of celebrity status and maybe... You're on your way out, I would say, as far as the amount of attention you were getting. So she is launching a bunch of different online brands, online expensive housewares that you can buy. And you can buy all these products from her store. And it's just a little odd. I thought it was a little ironic that the woman who became famous for helping us get rid of all that extra stuff you own, like the you know $15 knife or $12 uh, sharp looking wooden si- uh, uh, si- si- I can't even say that word, $86 candles, $206 house slippers, $275 brass kitchen utensil holders. These are the things that Marie told us to get rid of. And now, uh, yeah, she's, uh, she's selling them all online just in, in time for the holiday season. Um, she is quoted as saying, and this is on her website, my tidy method isn't about getting rid of things. It's about heightening your sensitivity to what brings you joy. Uh, Once you've completed your tidying, there is room. See, so smart. This is such a smart move. Once you've completed your tidying, there is room to get meaningful objects, people, and experiences back into your life. So, see, I knew it was a long con the entire time that I'm watching Marie ascend to this level of, of almost, you know, we were worshiping her and her declutter ways, which, by the way, my wife is just as good at decluttering. She just donates stuff to Goodwill. I will come home every time we move, and for whatever reason, we've moved a lot uh, recently, but every time we move, something else that I own has been donated to Goodwill without me knowing. There's no warning. I usually start looking for that thing that I had before, and I say to my wife, hey, what happened to this? And uh, I got donated. We got to move. There's too many boxes. I don't want to fill them all, so it's gone. That's decluttering. That's what Marie taught us. That's what my wife, Betty, has taught me. But now she's selling a bunch of high-end products that you probably won't use a lot. Because it's the other thing, too. If you've bought those crazy knives or any of that stuff that that you have, that, or maybe you got it as a gift, or maybe you were up late watching TV, the shopping channel, and you couldn't help yourself. Maybe you had been drinking or I don't know what was going on, but you bought something cool. You almost never use it. Those made-for-TV products, they, they you barely ever roll them out for any occasion. Uh, so... Those are the first things to go if Marie comes through your house and maybe she'd start telling you to donate her stuff and then maybe buy more of her stuff. There's a game. There's a whole game in play here. I get it. I'm on to you, Marie. 
I got to take a break on the the Craig Collins show. We got Kim Commando coming up. A lot more to talk about. Fad diets may be out, but I have a different way to help you lose weight each month. The rest of the night tonight, mostly cloudy, patchy fog possible, a low of 32. Tomorrow, mostly sunny, a high of 52. Thursday, rain likely, especially during the morning hours, a high of 59. See? So close to that 70-degree day, I promised you. Friday, partly sunny, a high of 41. Saturday, partly cloudy, a high of 42. Right now in Bloomington, it is 39 degrees. You're listening to The Great Collins Show on WJBC. I picked this topic at the tail end of a segment for a reason. I have three minutes until news interrupts me, and uh, I can't... I don't know why I want to talk. I don't know why I want to talk about this. I shouldn't. I shouldn't talk about this. This is a topic that was sitting in front of me today. I can't even. I think I can read the headline. Maybe I can't. There's a word I'm not sure if I can say, uh, but suffice it to say. So I'm not going to chance it. I'm only four weeks into this job. I don't want to get canned because, like, ah, eh, Craig went rogue. He said that one word he wasn't sure if he could say, and he can't say it. He's not going to be back on tomorrow. Uh, a British man. Uh, he's telling a story about an illness he suffered two years ago. He's now fine. So I want to preface the story as well with the guy has made a full recovery, even like much sooner than doctors projected it would happen. Uh, but he, he recovered fully. He got a bizarre illness that essentially means a parasite crawled into his, um, I'm not sure if I can say the word, it crawled into his, the thing you, you think, and it laid eggs. And he got pretty sick. And he's out with his friends on a holiday. He said it was supposed to be the the experience of his life. He was having the the trip of his life. He's 32 years old in 2017. He's at Lake Malawi. Yeah, that's how you say that. Um, Don't don't call in and correct me. Um, And yeah, so he starts struggling. He starts feeling sicknesses. He, He goes to the doctor. They give him some antibiotics. That doesn't really work. He's talking about it more. This story is out there in the news. That, you know, they even thought that he might be seriously ill for years, but he's gotten better in just two years. And I guess he he finds some level of humor in it now. But he said it felt like the worst pain he's ever known. And I guess the whole reason to share a story like this is the sympathy pain that any guy listening right now knows they have. Whenever you have a friend who tells you a story about that one time they they jumped on the bike the wrong way or maybe they were playing baseball and they forgot you know, a certain protective uh, piece of gear. Every time you hear those stories, you cringe. You usually, like, mm, there's some sort of inhaling and some sort of face is made. And when I read this one, the British man on a holiday who had a terrible thing happen to a part of the body you don't want anything bad to happen to, I just felt like I had to share it, and I don't know why. I don't, it's not even necessarily funny because it was a pretty serious illness that, you know, took him out for a while, but now he's okay. And I'm sure a lot of his friends remember that fondly. He got it, by the way, by swimming in in the lake and, uh, you know, just being the most unlucky guy in his group of friends. I mean, how do you take that, by the way? You go on holiday and you're the only one that gets this illness. All your other buddies are fine. They're still going out on weekends, still have Chief Meteorologist Brian Walder. The rest of the day today, it will be cloudy and cold. Uh, tonight, mostly cloudy, a patchy amount of fog possible, low of 32. Tomorrow, mostly sunny, a high of 52. Thursday, rain likely, especially during the morning. High of 59, though. Uh, Friday, partly sunny, a high of, 50, of 41. And on Saturday, partly cloudy, a high of 42. Right now in Bloomington, it is 32 degrees. Now, back to the Craig Collins Show on WJBC. 
This is the Craig Collins Show on WJBC. As Pat knows, that is the voice of Orion Samuelson bringing us in. That's the right. classic voice of Orion Samuelson. Uh, Pat Brady is in studio with me. It's cool. I've been chatting with you uh, the last couple of weeks, and you just happened to be in town, so uh, you swung by. And then you actually brought Dan. Well, I saw him standing on the street corner. Hey, <laughs> come on, Dan. It's <laughs> You know, we usually don't let Dan in. He's usually yeah. out there. He tried to right. put a flower right. on me. I go, no, come on, just come with me. Yeah. Veto session's over, so I, I'm, a, I'm at large again up there. There you go. Well, I'm thrilled to have you both in studio. Thank I'm you. Tempted, nice to be here. I'm Welcome tempted, to you. Thank you. Yeah, I've been here about a month now. Yeah. I'm, I'm tempted to immediately shift into impeachment stuff, impeachment trial. And yet, you know, we were all talking off the air. People are probably sick of hearing about that. We're, we're so many days into it now that it's probably not the most important stuff. So how about corruption in Illinois politics? How does that sound as a better topic? Does that sound? There's plenty to go around. (laughs) Unfortunately, yes, that is the case. So there's a lot going on uh, in Chicago as far as this is concerned. There's a lot going on. I think you guys just were were at an event uh, the other night for stuff like this. Uh, Talk to me more about what the latest is, what's going on as far as trying to prevent some of this corruption stuff that has so long been tied to our, our great state. I think the end of the House just introduced a bunch of the House Republicans just introduced a bunch of legislation, right, to try to curtail this. We did. Uh, we had a number of initiatives that we uh, pushed as hard as we could, being in the minority party mm-hmm. um, in Springfield, and, and trying to get attention called to some of these initiatives. Uh, and there was a number of them that was ethics-related legislation, in particular um, two that we we pushed hard uh, that did not move forward the way we wanted to. Uh, one dealt with uh, your uh, filings that you do when you have um, uh, reports of uh, what you do business-wise, uh, you, your reports that you have to file, and that uh, um, that we wanted to have it mimic more of what judges have to disclose. Um, and that would help, I think, weed out what Many of us are still surprised today that you can be in the legislature and still have ties to lobbying for municipalities, yeah. um, other other uh, businesses and entities. Um, and so that was one. And then the other one was uh, trying to look at um, the disclosure aspects um, more intensely as well. And neither of those went as far uh, as we'd hoped. Uh, but a task force that was put together uh, to move forward, um, we just wanted to see um, us be in a situation where we could strike right now and do something more than waiting until March 31st on a task force to study something. So you said they didn't go as far as you hoped. Do you know, do you know kind of why, what the reaction was, what the reason is for these things not getting pushed? It seems like a, a easy idea in concept, right? Corruption is bad. Right. Have less of it in politics is good. Right. So why can't ideas like that progress? Well, I think that if you look at um, across the board um, and you look at the fact that uh, being in the minority party mm-hmm. um, and what's been going on lately in the state Senate and those that have been brought under indictment uh, or accused um, of, of a, a variety of things. Uh, and then if you look at the fact of the uh, majority party that uh, did not want to move as quickly as we did as Republicans uh, in the minority party. And so, therefore, when you don't have the votes and you're not the conductor of the train, so to speak, uh, it's seldom that you get your way. You try and negotiate some things. Uh, We tried to get some of that. Um, We didn't get uh, near what we wanted uh, for a a fresh look, really, at some of the the ethics and things that could be improved upon. But um, there was a little something there. And so that's a start. We'll keep the pressure on. uh, So, quite frankly, the people really can have some type of faith in what's going on in Springfield. Let me. uh, uh, Dan's a lot more diplomatic than I am. Go ahead, please. The Chicago Democrats killed it. Yeah, it sounds like they did. Well, so, so let me ask you this, because I'm curious. Sometimes something comes up that 
feels like it should be bipartisan. It feels like the idea in and of itself is one that anyone that's been elected to represent the people would want to um, progress into the state of, of being passed. And yet it doesn't. Is it because we need to score points? Is it that that political sides sometimes, not everyone, but some politicians seem to think that, like, I need the bill to pass when my team is playing as opposed to when the other team is playing? Is there a lot of that going on? Oh, there, there is. Um, we did have some, some bipartisan sh- uh, support on some of these initiatives, Good. which was a step in the right direction. Uh, for some, that might not have been uh, the way they wanted to see things go. Sure. Um, and, and, you know, there's going to be bipartisan representation on, on the task force side of things. But we, we felt the language uh, of some of the legislation had more specifics, in particular that uh, our, our Republican leader in the House, Jim Durkin, uh, was chief sponsor of the bills. And uh, with his background as a former federal po- prosecutor, uh, much like my cousin here sitting across the table from me, um, you know, they have certain um, knowledge and experience that legislators don't. Uh, and so that's something that we uh, yield to and, and was, was a help a big help in crafting some of these things, but at the end of the day, wasn't enough to get certain aspects of what we thought we could and wanted to, at least within veto session, push forward. So we'll be back in spring session to, to continue to the push. Okay, um, so I'm curious, uh, with, with Next Generation Strategies, when you're coaching people and trying to give them advice on how to run a campaign or how to run you know, any, anything successfully, are we going to get back to a place where, where there is more middle thoughts like thoughts that are more in the middle of both sides because the way you see it now especially if you follow some of the national politics is it feels like all the ideas introduced that have any amount of of legs with the news world or whoever it is these are very far off and one-sided ideas uh that are winding up being the most popular the most talked about ideas so is there any coaching to say hey we need to find a way to be more in the to be a, a little bit closer to where maybe we've traditionally been in years past. Well, your message goes to the people that are going to vote for you, and the right. problem is, and this goes way too much into the weeds, but I think uh, Dan agrees on this. If we don't get a new system of how we draw out the legislative maps, so they're fair maps, so you actually mm-hmm. get moderates from both both sides, right and left moderates in these districts, you just run to the right or left when you're primary, then the game's over. So the problem is here in Illinois and nationally. The Supreme Court needs to speak to this because this is what has caused the division in, in the politics where it's a, it's of no advantage to be a moderate. you got to be right, far right or far left to win, and that's a sad reality for everybody. Yeah, okay. Uh, you know what? I have to take a break already because sometimes I get a little bit – it's just it's the kind of thing that talking about this, I imagine the stress from working in it too is there a little bit, right? It's There's, there. Okay, it's there occasionally. There you, go. you bet. Uh, right. So I, we're going to take a quick break. we got a lot more to talk about with both of you. Thank you for bringing uh, Dan in with you, Pat. Uh, but a quick break in the – VC.com. You're listening to The Great Collins Show on WJBC. Back to the Craig Collins Show. i got to dump out of that music because it's about to get a little bit salty, and I don't want it to get salty. Uh, but I'm back at WJBC. I've got Pat Brady. I've got Dan Brady in studio. How often do you guys do interviews together, by the way? Is this special? Uh, yeah. You know, it was, it's been a special day all the way around. We went over and saw Scott Lachlan. Yes, we did. And so uh, got chased around by that killer dog he's got down there. <laughs> and... <laughs> at least he didn't get, did not get his teeth right. into us, though. And then we let Dan in, like we said, because Dan is always wanting to come in and have more interviews here on the station. <laughs> you hang out with Scott Miller uh, once a month. Absolutely. Yeah. Catherine in the morning, they, once in a while, let me in here. I'm thrilled to let you uh, come in and jump in on my show. I got a caller on the air. Caller, what's your name? Ryan Scott. Ryan, what did you want to ask our guests? 
I just want to make sure we're getting the timeline right. Like Dick Durbin was on with Scott earlier this morning, and I'm just making sure I'm getting the timeline on all this vaping stuff correct. So it starts out we have people dying. We don't know why they're dying yet. The president says, hey, we need to do something about this. We need to outlaw it or whatever. And then we hear that we're realizing that the thing that's killing people is illegal vapes that are not regulated, that, you know, these, you know, basically drug dealers are putting whatever they want in them. Right. right. And, Ryan, also what they put inside. So the vape might not be illegal, but the the materials being put in the vape is not what it's designed for. So those those are not what it's designed for. Exactly right. So then, then we realize, like, well, if we start making all these flavored nicotine vapes illegal, I mean, if people want stuff, drug dealers are going to start making it, right? So if you make it illegal, all you're doing is creating a product that is unregulated to where they can put whatever they want in it. And, you know, it's people's own, you know, own free will to go get what they want where they want, yeah. you know, illegal or otherwise. But we're going to create, by making this nicotine stuff illegal, we're going to create a whole nother set of things for drug dealers to illegally sell that's probably going to kill people yeah very thank you very much for the call ryan so essentially i think even on a macro level that question is how do you try to govern some things that people are going to do anyway i I mean marijuana is another one that certainly pops up in my mind how do you try to govern and how do we try here locally or, or as a state to figure out the best ways to, to work within those parameters, uh, you know, I know it's going to be legal in January, but people do some of this stuff anyway. So how how difficult is that as a task in general? Well, I, I you know, to navigate it, it's, it through it, it's very difficult. We just came off a session, a spring session, where obviously uh, recreational marijuana mm-hmm. uh, is going to be the law of the land now. Um, I was not in support of that. Um, we also just uh, recently in veto session, we were anticipating we were going to be dealing with uh, vaping legislation, which wasn't called. And I think it wasn't called because not only uh, the unregulated side of things, but the business community and what what we're really trying to do or not trying to do, I don't think there's a good handle on it. And I think that the opposition that came forward in Springfield, at least in veto session, um, uh, derailed things and got things to be put back until we can get more scientific study uh, on this day of forensic testing. Uh, No, actually, what like the caller said, like Ryan said, actually, what is going into some of these products? And I I don't know, you know, so, so often government reacts to some of the most horrific things that happen and reacts with uh, bad statistical information or, or information is not factual. And, and that, that usually helps uh, produce a bad product. Sure. Yeah. Now, the more facts, the better. You, like right. you said, there have been a few um, horrible cases. There have been a few actual people passed away using vape uh, products here in Illinois. And so for that reason, it makes a lot of sense to investigate this kind of thing. But data and, and hard science is important when making uh, decisions like that. Right. And, and it's, it's difficult because in government, especially, uh, People want things done right away, and the change made from the horrible yeah. things that happened. Nobody disagrees with that, but you know, Spring- Springfield specialty is uh, well intended with ill intended consequences. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'm already out of time. I got to take a break. Uh, Pat, I'm glad that you yeah, brought down. Yeah, I took well, all his time. Hey, I'm, I'm, not, I'm, Chicago. I'm not giving him a ride home, by the way. He's, uh, maybe, maybe I can just keep you guys past the news. <laughs> we can figure this out. I got to take a break here. New Neil is coming. Part of Illinois ABC. I'm Chief Meteorologist Brian Walter, and this is your AM 1230 WG. ABC forecast. We'll see mostly cloudy skies continue for the rest of the day today. Mostly cloudy skies continue overnight tonight. Low temperatures tomorrow falling back to near freezing. You might see some patchy fog for your Wednesday morning. 
Partly cloudy skies for the day tomorrow. High temperatures reaching the low 50s by the afternoon. But we'll see rain showers returning to the forecast Wednesday night into Thursday. And we're warmer for Thursday as well with high temperatures close to 60. That's ahead of a cold front and behind the front, very much colder. Highs on Friday only near 40 degrees. We'll see partly sunny skies. Can't rule out a light rain or snow shower Friday night into Saturday. But for now, chances are low. Otherwise, a cold start to the weekend with temperatures on Saturday in the low 40s. Rebound into the mid-40s by Sunday afternoon. From Heart of Illinois, ABC, I'm Chief Meteorologist Brian Walter. And that is your AM 1230 WJBC forecast. Thank you very much, Brian. Right now it is 39 at Radio Bloomington. Now, back to the Craig Collins Show on WJBC. This is the Craig Collins Show on WJBC. This half hour of the show is sponsored by Credit Karma. Credit Karma is a product I've been using for a long time, actually, so I'm glad that they're sponsoring part of the show. Uh, Get your truly free credit score and free credit monitoring from Credit Karma today. Download the Credit Karma app now. Credit Karma, here's to progress. It is actually really cool. You do get 100% a free credit score. Uh, You actually get a lot more info than when they started the product. You used to just get the score, but now you can even see two of your um, full credit reports on Credit Karma. So check that out. Uh, Two DMV workers got in trouble for something I bet a lot of us wish our local DMV workers were willing to do. Uh, Two local, uh, two DMV workers, this is in South Carolina, are in trouble for taking bribes in order to let people skip the line at the DMV. Apparently, 21-year-old Allison McFerrin and her friend, 25-year-old Anna C.A., uh, were both, you know, they had let it be known in the area that, hey, if you come by and you got a, a couple extra bucks, uh, you don't have to wait so long at the DMV, which I, I know they're from South Carolina, but it makes the inner Italian New York, uh, New Jersey, uh, Craig Collins come out for a second and talk about it. It is pretty funny. I guess people like 42-year-old Robbie uh, Bershnick uh, paid them money. Uh, it doesn't say exactly how much so that they could comp- keep skipping the line. I guess he had to go quite a few different times, and then it grew from there. So Allison, Anna, and Robbie were all charged with bribing of a public official and influencing the action of a public employee. This is a serious crime, so I guess I'm kidding a little bit when I say that you wish someone locally would do it, but at the same time, those lines at the DMV are terrible. And actually, I had a fun experience. I've I moved recently, so I had to switch over all my stuff, my my driver's license, my car registration, everything. So I tried to go to the DMV Saturday morning here in Bloomington, and as Betty and I, my wife, are walking in, someone nudged us and said, "Are you trying to go in the morning on a Saturday?" And we're like, "Yeah, what's the what's the problem there?" They're like, "Oh, you guys are DMV rookies." Aren't you here? And I was I still taken aback by this person approaching me outside the DMV. They're like, come back in the afternoon, way less crowded. So I looked in, and there was a line almost all the way out the DMV. And sure enough, we came back, I think, an hour before it closed, and it was really, really fast. So probably not a tip that person wanted me to share on the air, but apparently if you've got a DMV on a Saturday here in Bloomington, the, the key, the people in the know would tell you to wait till the end of the day. Uh, another story I have, when do you finally hit that age where you feel completely grown up? And I don't mean when do you hit an age where you feel like now I'm officially old. I mean, when are you no longer, in your opinion, you know, a, a child? When are you a fully what up, grown-up adult who's 100% in charge of their own life? What age is that at? Uh, we pulled two, 1,200 people. I guess we didn't do it. Someone did. 
Um, between the ages of 25 and 45 and ask them at what age do they feel are they the most grown up? Most people said it was some age within your early 20s, be it 22, 23, 24, somewhere after college. It was almost universally agreed upon that you are not grown up while you are in school. Uh, Some of the other things that they said are youthful activities that you don't want to let go once you've hit that adult age, going to concerts and festivals. I don't know why that sounds youthful. That shouldn't be. I think everybody should go to concerts and festivals, and apparently people, even though they feel like it's youthful, they still want to do it. Playing video games was number two on the list of things that you don't want to give up from your youth, and I love that story, and I'm sure, Betty, if you're listening, you love it too, because, look, video games aren't what they used to be. They're giving out scholarships for them now. Kids are going on eSport scholarships to school. They can play it professionally and make a lot of money. It's not like what it was when we were growing up and we were kids and they weren't very complicated games. Now they're really in-depth. So, I, you know, I, I don't even feel like it's a kid's activity anymore. There's certain games that kids would do terrible playing, except if it's Fortnite and it's some younger person killing me every single time I try to play that game. Uh, but, yeah, video games, adult activity for sure. Collecting things like comic books and baseball cards is another one that people say is is a juvenile or a youthful activity that you don't want to give up. I know a bunch of people that still have their collections and are very proud of them, and they don't talk about them often either. Uh, it's sort of like my grandfather and his baseball cards, but if you asked him, if somehow that topic came up organically or you were genuinely interested in chatting about it, the eyes brighten up, the everything about the excitement of talking about how much money they might be worth hits you. So I get that activity. That doesn't feel, baseball cards especially, there's no young kids collecting those. Uh, playing board games is another one. Legos, superhero movies, and theme parks. These are all things that we don't want to give up as we age and we hit that magical year of adulthood, which is apparently between 22 and 25. Although I wonder if people actually don't all agree with that. Maybe you have to be a little bit older than that even to truly feel like you're, you know, you've hit that peak adult age. Um, another story that I like, this is at a slate.com. And it's interesting to me because I think there's there's been a lot of debate. I saw this story and I was reading a lot of the comments about it. And certainly people have very strong opinions um, in this world. And yet, if you read it as written, I think there's a moment for you to actually have some compassion for the person asking the question, uh, but not everyone on social media does. So it's a, a brand new mom and dad. They had their, their baby girl about 12 months ago, so they have a 12-month-old. And they're asking, this is a you know write-in uh, page, if they can go on a vacation without their new baby. They said, is it stupid? This is now I'm quoting her question. Is it stupid to take a baby on a vacation to Hawaii? My husband and I had a rough year adjusting to parenthood. First thing was a C-section, then feeding issues. Now there's purple crying, which I have no idea what that is, but that sounds bad. And several other different issues. So we'd like to take a break. She's coming up on a big birthday milestone. So she's planning this trip to Hawaii with her husband. And they are asking on social media if these these new parents should or should not bring their 12-month-old baby. Uh, She highlights the fact that there would be a six-hour flight involved, and maybe, you know, that would be too much. I don't know. I don't know the right answer here. I I feel, obviously, like the right answer is you should not be away from your new baby for that long. You should absolutely take your 12-month-old with you, or maybe, and I know this might be sacrilege, 
cancel the trip and figure out another time to go. You are parents now. That is the, the requirement. But then as you read her sad sack reasons for, you know, having struggled adjusting, you do start to feel some compassion. I wonder if anyone out there wants to call in and tell me what they think of someone on social media asking, or in this case on, on a website, if it's okay to go on vacation with your brand new 12-month-old baby or if you should leave them at home, leave them with a relative and a family member and spend a few days just relaxing and, and having, you know, a little bit of time for yourself. It's a good question and one I'm not stupid enough to try to answer. As a man who can't have a child, I, I don't want to tell them how to live their lives. But it's it had a lot of debate online and a lot of people seem to think that this is the kind of question that new parents should not be asking, that you should absolutely be somehow way shape or form in the same place as your 12 month old uh for you know a trip you don't have to go to hawaii i guess maybe vacay somewhere closer that's my idea uh, one other quick thing and then i got to take a break the friends giving is very very popular with young people it is a a relatively new thing i guess um although i feel like i celebrated it you know 10 years ago or so but friends giving has become almost as popular or maybe in some circles, more popular than Thanksgiving. People look forward to it. 68% of people between the ages of 18 and 38 say they would rather celebrate a Friendsgiving over a traditional family Thanksgiving dinner. And here are some of the reasons why that they gave for such a... And I wonder, I wonder if anyone's offended. I wonder if anyone is like, that is... I can't believe someone would say that, but, they, you know, there's different pressures. Uh, people said that they don't have to worry about offending a relative. So obviously, if you're hanging out with your friends, you're probably more in line on a lot of those issues that you have to shy away from in the big group family events. Uh, they don't have to watch what they say at the dinner table, so a lot of them are kind of similar. Uh, number three on this list, they feel less pressure to impress their guests if it's just friends, uh, especially if it were someone who was hosting, I would assume, the, the Thanksgiving or the Friendsgiving event, because when you're hosting, you feel that added pressure. To, to make sure that everything goes okay. But if it's just your buddies, eh, I don't care so much. Uh, then get then they get to avoid personal questions. If you have the Friendsgiving, there's no family member asking you if you're just going to get married already or whatever it is. And finally, and this one was most interesting to me, of the people surveyed, they said it's just more social. It's just more fun and more social. And at the actual Thanksgiving event, you wind up having a lot less fun and feeling like you're kind of there. It's sort of like going to church. If you're Catholic, you got to go with the whole family. It's a thing that you have to do, and it might not be as fun as going to breakfast or something afterward. i got to take another break on the Craig Collins Show. Coming up in just a few minutes, we got Dave Ramsey, but i got another break and then a little bit more of my show, including whether or not you're more likely to give a Christmas present to Grandma or to your pet. Uh, Meteorologist Brian Walder, tonight mostly cloudy, patchy fog possible, a high of 30, a low of 32. Tomorrow mostly sunny, a high of 52. Thursday rain likely, especially during the morning hours, a high of 59. Friday partly sunny, a high of 41. On Saturday partly cloudy and a high of 42. Right now at Radio Bloomington, it is 39 degrees. of the Craig Collins Show on WJBC. This is a Craig Collins Show on WJBC. I have just like two or three minutes left with you, and then you got Dave Ramsey coming up after a news break. Uh, South Dakota created a new anti-drug slogan that they didn't exactly nail. It is, and I quote, meth, period, we're on it. That's what it says. Their new slogan, meth, 
we're on it. And they mean by that is that they're attacking it. They're, they're aware of it. They're doing everything they can to prevent the use of it. And yet this went through social media the other day because all it says is meth with a period, by the way. They use the punctuation. Then we're on it which is the wrong message, I assume. Uh, the governor of South Dakota, Christy, uh, said that she doesn't mind that people are making fun of the accidental double meaning on social media as long as they get the main idea of the goal, the main idea of the campaign, which is that they're focused on meth in South Dakota. Um, but really, seriously, someone who pitched that idea, someone went into a room with a bunch of, of people from the government there and said, we got a great new slogan. It's great. And not a single person realize this kind of thing i can't believe not one person pointed out that it might sound a bit like you guys are on meth and not actually trying to prevent the drug but no that's a new slogan it's out there and it's uh it's viral so good job i mean honestly going viral is probably half the goal anyway like she said so as long as the message is being received uh win for everybody around and then this story i liked a lot it says people are just as likely this is equivalently likely to buy their pet a Christmas present as they are to buy a Christmas present for their grandmother. And this goes beyond if you're doing your Black Friday shopping, which we've seen in other stories. You're really shopping for yourself on Black Friday and not necessarily for the family. But 96% of people plan on getting a present for a, a grandchild. These are actual grandparents. But only a certain handful of people intend to get a gift for either Either they're, you know, and I, I imagine it's if you only have the one pet, I, I would assume that grandma would beat out, you know, if you have several pets, but I don't know. Um, it's just, it's just so happens that a new survey said that people are as likely to, to, I, is that, what's, why do you think, what's the cause of that, I guess is what I'm trying to say. My grandmother is very lovely, sends me gifts, sends me, you know, cards every single birthday, every single Christmas, so I can't forget her. I have to find a way to send her something nice. Now, granted, for most of my birthdays growing up, she would just send me a, a Catholic rosary. She forgot kind of that I had one, or maybe she just wanted to make sure I had one, so I'd get the same gift year in and year out. But at least she thought of me, and so I thought of her too. I, I don't think that the, you know, if I had a pet, a cat or a dog, that they'd ever rival grandma. But yet that's, the, that's what's happening. And then one last quick story, 7-Eleven has... 